Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... You watch your language. You have quite the potty mouth. Be mindful of the language you use. Curse words. The A word, the F word, and the S word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you pinned her to the wall and shoved your tongue in her mouth, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Sunday, October 16th, 2016. Now, I guess we know who's doing the raping special edition of the show, where we discuss why Donald can't keep his tiny, gropey fingers off the ladies. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by Pervaway. 50,000 volts of fuck no in the palm of your hand. Tired of short-fingered vulgarians laying their diminutive digits on your derriere? Try Pervaway. Our compact high-voltage tasers work on contact or by launch darts when little nasty gropers take off running. Accurate to 25 feet. Nothing says, Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Like 50,000 volts coursing through the tiny dipped little bodies. Opt for the laser targeting system and hit them in their dinky dingle every time. Stop molesters every day. Zap them in the nuts with Pervaway. Somebody's doing the raping, Don. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, somebody's doing the, just saying it's women being raped. Well, who's doing the raping? Mm-hmm. Who's doing the raping? Yeah. I mean, how can you say such a thing? A lot of you out there in podcast land probably think that I just come in on a Friday, sit down with my mug of Jameson's and talk at you while Gavin plays Funny Drops at the right time every time. No one thinks that. But this is actually a very tightly scripted show. I guess it's more like This American Life or Serial or maybe even Radio Lab. Did you just say what I thought you said? Well, I don't mean it's as good as those are, but it's structured in the same way. But you see, our scripts are written much earlier in a week, and we try to update them as news develops, but the problem with this election is new shit just keeps on happening faster than their script monkeys can keep up. And then I need to come in on my day off, usually with a brutal hangover from the previous show, and record another goddamn show. Do you know how hard it is on my body to get drunk two days in a row? I am not a spring chicken anymore. I get What I'm trying to tell you is Donald Trump is actively killing me. But I guess... By comparison to what he's apparently done to a whole bunch of women, I'm getting off light. Because 12 of them are publicly accusing Trumps of sexual assault stretching all the way back to the 1980s. It was a different time. Let's not use a double standard. This is not incorporating the Trump-corroborated stories of walking into a pageant dressing room while the contestants were in various states of undress, including the Miss Teen USA pageant, which means the girls are not only naked, but underage... And one of the more disturbing accounts came from a Newsweek reporter doing a puff piece on Trump and Melania's first anniversary when she was pregnant, only to have Trump pin her against the wall and forcibly shove his tongue down her throat while informing her they would be having an affair. Oh, hell no. A dozen women have come forward saying Trump sexually assaulted them in various ways. 
the stories go from the aforementioned pinning them against the wall and kissing them to fondling their genitals. Or in the candidate's words, you know, grabbing them by the pussy. They go back decades. The earliest took place on a plane in 1980, the most recent in 2013 from a Miss USA contestant who says that she felt his minuscule digits on her ass on multiple occasions. Oh, that poor woman. Trump himself has responded to these allegations with his usual calm, reasoned approach so often demonstrated during this campaign. In fact, the tangerine twit is losing his goddamn mind over these, rea- over these allegations to the point that I'm actually afraid he's going to literally explode. Meltdown. A meltdown on a planetary scale. His rally speeches have gone from incoherent ramblings on his own greatness and the battliness of Hillary Clinton to the last days of Berlin deep inside the Fuhrer bunker. If I was Melania, if he shows up with a dog and a drink, I would grab Baron and get the fuck out of there because Herr Trump is kaput. Trump vehemently denies these allegations, which is odd since he openly admitted to doing exactly this in the very video that started this whole mess in the first place. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. According to the Trump campaign, these allegations are, and I'm quoting from their campaign website, this is about a New York Times story, this entire article is fiction. And for the New York Times to launch a completely false, coordinated character assassination against Mr. Trump on a topic like this is dangerous. To reach back decades in an attempt to smear Mr. Trump trivializes sexual assault and it sets a new low for where the media is willing to go in its effort to determine this election, unquote. And this is pretty much campaign standard, boiler speak. And the campaign has put up numerous angry denials and promised proof would be coming to clear the good name of Donald Trump from these vile slanders. And when the proof finally arrived, it was not um, convincing. Okay, well, let's hear your version, Gershwin. The clarion of truthfulness, the New York Post, published a note forward to them from the campaign by a supposed witness to the 1980s first class grope of Jessica Leeds. One Anthony Gilbert Thorpe claims he was on the flight when the alleged incident took place decades ago, and what he saw was a, quote, shrill, unquote, woman throwing herself at Mr. Trump. In fact, the brazen hussy even confessed to Gilbert Thorpe while Trump was in the bathroom that she, quote, wanted to marry him, unquote. That being Mr. Trump. What a whore! It may shock you, dear listener, to know that there are a few problems with this refutation of the groping incident. Slate points out that Anthony Gilbert Thorpe was a teenager from a small English city, so what the fuck was he doing on a first-class flight from the Midwest to New York City in the 1980s? Also, Anthony, who claims to be a full-time political activist in the UK, has a little bit of checkered history of his own. By his own claim, he was charged with finding handsome young rent boys for Tory politicians in the 1980s and 90s and was paid £25,000 by the Daily Mirror in the late 1990s to set up a filmed sex sting on a member of Parliament. I understand the Trump campaign is cheap, but really, you shouldn't skimp when buying a fake alibi witness. Spend the extra money and get yourselves a good one. The candidate himself has been somewhat more poetic 
in his dismissals of the claims. According to the Donald, these allegations are, and I swear I am not making this up, an orchestrated attack between the Clinton campaign, the media, the establishment, and an international cabal of bankers and businessmen choose to ensure he loses the election so they can, and again, not putting words in his mouth, rob America of its wealth. Choose! He has said that Carlos Slim, one of the wealthiest people in the world, a Mexican, not a Jew, I don't know. I, I guess he had to bring it back around to the Mexicans so he can get that fucking fictional wall built. Anyway, he's also behind it. And besides, even if he would do these things, which he clearly did not do, these women were way too ugly for him to ever put the moves on. Jesus, the balls on that guy. He's gone on to completely as unsubtly insinuate that Hillary Clinton is ugly, and that's hardly surprising from him. I guess the only thing that is surprising is that it took him this long to do so. And of course, the conservative counter to all of this is but Bill Clinton. I mean, sentient bowel movement Steve Bannon of Breitbart has been stroking his tiny pud to the idea of dragging Hillary through the swamp of Bill's peccadilloes for years now, and he's finally in the place he can do so. The sheer audacity of trotting out the women Bill's had affairs with on the night of the debate is one of the most blazingly misogynist things I have ever witnessed, and keep in mind, I was in the military where crude sexism isn't just the job, it's a fucking adventure. And with the exception of Juanita Broderick, whose allegations of sexual assault by Bill Clinton should be given the same considerations as Trump's accusers, and for my part, I believe something happened there, Bill Clinton operated through consensual sex. He may have been a skeevy horn dog that cheated on his wife, but that isn't even the same sport as Trump is playing. And also, what the fuck does this have to do with Hillary? Was she pimping these women out? Was she behind Bill pushing on his ass while he was boinking them? Actually, you know what? I'm sure there is probably a story on Breitbart saying exactly that. Holding a woman accountable for her husband's actions is disgusting on so many levels. And if we're going to do that for Hillary, I expect to see a shitload of Republican wives being tossed on their husband's funeral pyres, starting with, oh, say Melania Trump, and followed by Newt and Giuliani's wives. Come on, you moral crusaders. Let's see a little smoke <laughs> to match that fire in your belly. The common narrative around this story is that Donald Trump is a creepy-ass, sleazebag, douche-nozzle-pervo douche fuckwad. You gave a very accurate description. And the TV media is playing this by the usual politician sex scandal playbook. You know, a lot of head shaking and muted glee while explaining things in a TV-talking-head, very serious voice. But this is not a sex scandal. A married politician engaging in consensual sex, or sex acts with an intern in the Oval Office is a sex scandal if one loaded with all sorts of subtext about power and position, indeed, but consensual being the operative word. No, this is a story about sexual assault. And it's a story every woman you know has, to a greater or lesser degree, experienced. What about your mom? Yes, even her. Ask any woman... No, wait, actually, check that, because your dumb ass will probably walk up to them and say something like, Hey, baby... You ever had some dude try to finger bang you through your panties at the bar and you didn't want him to? And then follow it up with some typically manly thing like, I would kick that motherfucker's ass if I was there. Look, guys, I'm sorry, but you're not helping. Instead, maybe you should Google something like my sexual assault story and read those instead. Because there are millions of them out there. 
And yes, a lot of people use words like rape culture, and that makes men uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. It does that because it accurately describes something that exists, a universal experience. And Trump's behavior is just a little teeny part of the iceberg you see above the water. Let's talk about Donald specifically, because it appears what he did doesn't seem to some people to be that bad. And not all of those people that are saying that are drinking orange Kool-Aid. What he did specifically was place his tiny little fingers on another person's body without their permission. That is assault. The location and intention of the touching was sexual in nature. Their breasts, their butts, their genitals. That is sexual assault. He was able to do this because his position, power, and wealth shielded him from the repercussions of his unwanted touching. His well-known and bragged about reputation for taking revenge on people who threaten him or speak out about him in an unflattering or indeed truthful manner further prevented those persons he sexually assaulted from seeking prosecution or redress of his transgressions. He further used his wealth and influence to create situations where his assault on large numbers of women, some of whom were possibly below legal age of consent in the first place. These are facts. They are on his own. He has admitted them. That I'll go backstage before a show. Yes. And everyone's getting dressed and ready and everything else. And, you know, no men are anywhere. And I'm allowed to go in because I'm the owner of the pageant and therefore I'm inspecting it. You know, I'm inspecting. Right, I right. want to make sure that you're like everything doctor, is good. You're, you're there. Yeah, the dress is everyone okay? You know, they're <laughs> yeah. standing there with no clothes. Is everybody okay? And you see these incredible looking women. And so I sort of get away with things like that. But automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. You have done enough. Have you no sense of decency, sir? At long last, have you left no sense of decency? This is a man who openly brags about using his power and wealth to demean, degrade, disrespect, and assault women, and has done so for years. This is not a sexual scandal. This is a serial molester. He calls it locker room talk? No, it's a man who treats the world as his own personal harem, who feels in his tiny, coal black recesses of what he likes to think of of his heart that he is entitled to treat any woman he meets and measures up to his standard of beauty as property to be enjoyed the same way you or I might enjoy a nice car. Well, you've got a sweet ride there. Don't touch it. Sweet ride, indeed. He's not ashamed of this behavior, and the only reason he's even remotely disassociating himself from it now is the political inconvenience of the timing. Otherwise, he'd be bragging about it, just like he's done on Howard Stern over and over again through the years. And so many people excuse this, and not all of them are men, by the way, by saying, well, it's just something that men do. And sadly, they're all too correct. It is something men do. The shock and outrage expressed by the media and the public at large is so fatuous because we all know this happens. Women have it happen to them, and men, we're the ones doing it. Yeah, but not all of us. True, but only to a degree. While most men understand the basic tenets of human decency and not placing your hands on a woman's vagina without her express consent, we only rarely call out our brothers who don't seem to grasp that simple concept. We all know there is a continuum of male privilege that allows certain behaviors to go on under the maxim of boys being boys, and it starts 
early in our childhoods, where we learned it's perfectly okay to tease and torment little girls for being little girls because they're weaker than we are. We start early with the cute kid stuff, teaching boys that it's okay to act towards girls like that, and girls that they just have to accept it because boys will be boys. It goes on until our teens, when our raging hormones of puberty turns behavior more aggressive, and then if it's not checked, it goes forward into adulthood, where we end up with the guy raping a passed out woman behind a dumpster. Hey, but don't worry, he's really just a good kid who made a bad decision and shouldn't be punished too hard for those just a few minutes of bad decision making, what with his whole life as a swimmer in front of him. We openly doubt women when they do come forward after being assaulted. We treat them as though they're making up stories to cover up their own misbehaviors, because apparently a woman enjoying her own sexuality is dirty, but men wanting to fuck is boys being boys. We turn victims into grasping manipulators whose base desire to destroy a man's good reputation to save her own or extract money from him or to thwart his political ambitions. And then we have the balls to ask... Why did these women wait so long to come forward? Because it's bad enough to be used like a toy for a man's pleasure just because he knows he can get away with it, but then to be accused of lying or called a whore or treated like a hysterical looney tune all because you happen to catch the eye of the man by just being you? To watch one of the worst moments of your life played out over and over across dozens of news networks for ratings. To have legions of angry followers send you death threats for telling in your story to wait for the inevitable lawsuit by a millionaire who can afford to sue you into silence why do these people who these women wait so long to come forward the better question is why would they ever come forward because now they are being assaulted again and again by the media by the politicians by some jack off with a podcast making cheap jokes about a traumatic event so he can score a couple of laughs that is the rape culture laid out in all of its ugly glory so no not all of us lay our hands on women without their consent. Many of us grow out of the stage where we think it's appropriate to talk about women as though they were things rather than thinking and feeling entities. But all men live in a culture where those acts are accepted and there is little consequence for doing them unless some very freakish circumstance transpires. And after all, it's pretty unlikely for the average woman to find that her boss or the guy at the gym or that stranger on the street was recorded on a bus with Billy Bush bragging about the awful shit he did to you. Oh, and Billy, that was a nice little thing you did giving that $10 million severance to women's charities. Good for you. But it doesn't excuse the fact that you should have known better in the first place. That is it for this special edition of the show. I swear, I don't want to keep doing two shows in a row. I don't. It's killing me. But this election will not stop giving me horrifying shit, and it just has to be talked about. By the time this recording goes up, chances are three or four more women or something even more awful will have occurred to Dinky Fingers. Oh, God, I just want it to be over. We can only hope for the sweet release of November 8th to get us past the election and into the rebellion against the corporate media cabal that will be looting the coffers of real America and funneling the money to George Soros. I wish I was joking about that, but I'm actually afraid that's what's going to happen. Hey, if you like a joke, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes so that you can punct other people into listening. Follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook, and all of the shows are on the show name on SoundCloud or at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the bleary-eyed and tired producer Gavin, and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say we got our little fingers in our pockets and they go tingle, lingle, lingle. 
want to touch you on the high knee. We love that thing. But each time we try, we hear the same old thing. Always get back, you dummy. You're creepy. Come on, honey. My baby, don't put my lust on no shelf. She said, get the fuck away from me and keep your hands to yourself. We'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.